Howdy, folks. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Unreal Country Podcast. I'm your host, Willie B. And today I'm joined by Derek Dames Ole. Derek has been a working musician in Colorado for the better part of a decade as the bassist for Denver jam band Flash Mountain Flood. During this pandemic, Derek has recorded a full record of John Prine covers and an EP of original music. These are all eventually going to be released, dates to be determined. Derek released his first single, If Love Stinks, on February 12th, and he is releasing a new single titled Pour It Till My Glass Is Full tomorrow, which is March 19th, 2021. He performs the song live and acoustic on this podcast, along with one other original and two phenomenal covers. Be sure to follow him on Instagram to keep up with new releases and shows in the future. I'll leave the link to this in the description. And if you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to like, follow, subscribe, and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on all social media platforms at Unreal Country. Heck yeah. I'm on, this will be the, I guess this will be the fifth episode of the Unreal Country Podcast. Derek, how are you Sweet. doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked oh, yeah, to be here. Of course. Right? Thanks for coming it's on. A, it's a good day to be here. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, could you do Heck. your little introduction about yourself or your little elevator pitch for anybody who's never heard of you? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, my name is Derek Dames Ole. Um, I'm born and raised out of Boulder, Colorado in the Rocky Mountains. Um, I'm a hippie, hippie country singer songwriter. I also play a bass for pretty much anyone who needs me. So I've been doing that for years. Um, this last year, I, I started recording once uh, COVID hit. I, I started a lot of a, a handful of uh, recording projects at my home and at a local studio. And um, I just started releasing the the kind of main project of it all, which is my uh, my solo EP, which is called Derek Dames Ole and Friends. So it's it's not going to be me playing solo acoustic, but it's going to be me kind of accompanied with a lot of friends and some local heroes and pretty much just a lot of awesome people. And uh, yeah, I released um, I released my first single February 12th, which was called If Love Stinks. Um, you know, kind of an homage to the uh, goofy side of love and um, and did that for Valentine's Day. And that's been doing really well. And honestly, probably by the time this comes out, my next single should be out or my single is coming out tomorrow, which is, will be March 19th. Today is March 18th. And that's going to be my birthday. But the next song is uh, called Pour It Till My Glass Is Full. It's a little more of a honky tonkin' like rock and roller, um, which I'm really excited to get out there. And then I got couple more behind it which will fill up my ep so that's kind of uh, I'm, I'm breaking out this is like you know i've 
I've laid low for a good while, but um, I grew up listening to country music. I grew up with John Prine and uh, listened to the Flying Burrito Brothers, Grant Parsons, a whole lot of stuff. So it's just kind of me revisiting my roots and paying homage to all the stuff that made me who I am. You know? <laughs> so that's that's what I've been working on as of late. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. That's uh, that's fucking <laughs> awesome. Um, could you tell me a little bit about... Um, I, I saw that you play bass in a different band, the uh, Flash Mountain Flood. You guys got a really like, yeah, sound like the dead, yes. like obviously really dead influenced. I hear it a lot in that. Yes, yeah. groovy stuff. Tell me a bit about yeah. that. Yeah, man, totally. So yeah, Flash, Flash Mountain Flood. You know, that's like yeah, you know, that's our that's our band. We all grew up around Boulder. We all have been playing together since we were young kids. You know. Um, and throughout like high school and everything, we all got real into further, which at that moment was like the current incarnation of the Grateful Dead had Bob Weir and Phil Lesh. And, you know, I've always had a huge, huge influence from the Grateful Dead as well, just because they mainly they're they're they're, in my opinion, one of the best American roots bands out there because they really take away from all different genres. They love all music. I mean, Jerry was a huge country guy as well as Bob. And um so I, we, we took a lot from them. We, you know, around Denver and Boulder, like the scene around here, it's a lot of jam band music. There's a lot of that scene. And we've kind of held on to like not being the more new age, like synthesizer jam band, but being more like what we call your mom and dad's jam band. So we, we try to pull into more of that vintage tone, kind of like the old school style of songwriting. Like we're very song driven, even though we are a, technically a jam band, we you know, I, I write a lot of songs with that. My, one of the people that I co-write the most with Wes, um, he's the guitar player in Flash Mountain Flood. Um, he's, you know, we've been writing together since we were younger. So that's like, you know, we, we play all around Colorado. We've toured around, we've played like weddings all over the place. It's, uh, we're, we're definitely one of the uh, front range jam bands. So it's, it's fun being in that scene. It's fun kind of jumping around from different kind of styles. Cause I get to play with a bunch of, interesting people and people hire me to play bass you know stemming off from me just being a bassist for flash mountain flood so i've gotten to play you know i play everything from freaking and people hire me for a funk show or from listen that and yeah i love it because i have a huge appreciation for all music i really do you know i think that you can kind of you can get kind of tired of certain things and you know most artists that we know they're pulling inspiration from everywhere you know so it's 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 nice for me to be that bass player and also be in that different community of music because I get to I'm constantly learning things. <laughs> I'm constantly on my toes, <laughs> which I think as a musician, you kind of you have to be on your toes or else you just uh, get a little stale, you know. So, yeah, Flash Mountain Flood, we've been uh, we still do. We have a full album out that's on Spotify. It's called Speak of Heaven. And uh, it was recorded straight to tape at the same studio that I'm actually releasing my songs out now. So it's Violet Studios, Boulder, Colorado, like rad little studio that's just packed full of analog equipment, makes it sound real vintage and nice, you know, um, a really cool producer, Chris Wright. He like pretty much has taught me how to be the studio musician that I am now and pretty much I do a lot of home recording as well. And um, he's, he's the one who got me doing what I'm doing now. And he's really taught me a lot and helped me hone my skills, which I'm like 
forever thankful to him and Violet Studios for all that as well. So, yeah, same studio that I'm doing all that stuff in. A lot of the same players. Kevin D'Angelo, who's the drummer for Flash Mountain Flood, he's actually the drummer in all the songs that I'll be releasing. Um, he's like, dude's a monster. You want to, like, I'll fight anybody about it in the Colorado area. I think he's the best drummer around. Um, <laughs> he he went to Berkeley and he's the kind of dude who can who just sits back and listens. He's never overplaying, he never does anything crazy. But I'm thankful for a lot of my Flash dudes that helped me out in my uh, solo project as well. Because without them, you know, it not that it would be any different, but they they really help bring a lot to the table. You know. Yeah, man. But yeah. So oh, Flash yeah. Mount Flood, we we got some, we got some more songs coming out from Flash as well. We're going to work on a new single project, but you can listen to Speak of Heaven on uh, Spotify. It's all it's on all the listening platforms, and it's good good old school rock and roll roots music. I like to say. Yeah, man, I really dig that stuff. It's yeah, it's groovy stuff. Like I I'm a big fan <laughs> of like music from the '70s. Like that's my my first yeah. love. Like I came into country kind of as an adult but i grew up on like the 70s and like old school rock so as soon as i heard that stuff it just got me going it's good <laughs> that's awesome man Hell yeah. well that's the thing about that music from the 70s it, it's the timeless music you know what i mean it's like that i think that was the beginning of music just the fact that we you know people our age can listen to that now and that could be our main source of music and it was popular music 40 plus years ago is pretty awesome you know oh yeah big time doesn't fade away for sure <laughs> are you uh yeah if you had to name me one album from the dead that's your favorite could you go ahead and do that is that accomplishable hmm. <laughs> yeah that's that's a hard question um gosh <laughs> i love a lot of them man but i would have to say and this is just me because I love, like, I'm a sucker for the Dead's live stuff. You know, I think it's their best. So but I'll give you two albums. All right. <laughs> their best live album would definitely have to be Reckoning, which is like that acoustic live 1981, I think, in Winterland. Um, it's acoustic and it's just, it's right when they got Brent Midland, which was their 80s keyboard player. And it's just rocking as all hell for being an acoustic album. Um, if I was to pick a studio album, I would have to say it'd probably be their hardest one to pronounce, which is called Oxa Moxa. And that was the one that came out in 1970. I love it just because it has that true essence of like the psychedelic Grateful Dead, like, you know, straight out of the 60s, like the psychedelic dead, because that's a big part of my, you know, why I love the dead. I take influence in that. I, you know, there's a lot of that that helps me with my writing and everything. And I, that oxamoxa is how it's pronounced it's like the aox that's what yeah. it starts with it's the one that everyone's like i don't know how to say it but it's a really good album i'm trying to even think of all the songs on there there's like doing the rag and all these like good old kind of early 70s grateful dead which is i love that era too pig pen that's that's when they had a lot of their country feel i think too when they still had pig pen in the band and uh, all those kind of influences still stemming out <clears throat> But yeah, yeah, those are my two. <laughs> Hell yeah, right on. Um, I don't know what it is. It's a weird album, and nobody ever brings it up, but I don't know what it is about it. I like Terrapin Station. It has some kind of keyboardy groove to that Hell whole yeah. record that it fucking gets me going. I like that one. Terrapin Station's awesome, and that was like, 
you know, the thing about Terrapin Station, it, it was an interesting, that's when they tried to kind of hone in more on being like a studio band when they were in the studio, which is really hard for the Grateful Dead, obviously, because they were the kind of band that's like every performance is different. It's all about the live show. So when they got to that, I really dug that one too. And I can't remember which one came first, whether it was um, Shakedown Street or Terrapin Station. But I know that a cool fact is that Lowell George used to help them with a lot of their stuff. Um, and he actually was the one who produced all of Shakedown Street. I know that he may have contributed for Terrapin Station, but Lowell George is like the lead guy of Little Feet. And um, there's actually some cool kind of like B-side studio uh, versions of songs that you can hear. It's like the Grateful Dead playing with Lowell George singing. As like, that's like the coolest shit for me. Because also like my close friends know not a lot of people would guess it, but like if I was to choose one of my biggest influences inspirations like one of my all-time favorite bands is little feet 100 percent. that band is just like songwriting song compositions like everything around it is just insane and and even uh jerry even said jerry garcia said at one point that if he used to pay money to see american band he'd want to pay money to go see little feet so if jerry's saying that i think that's saying something yeah oh yeah that's definitely saying something man um i definitely haven't dug into little feet enough i should i'm gonna go ahead and do that today i only know the standard yeah stuff. you should man oh yeah like when i you know I, what you should listen to who's that listen to uh waiting waiting for columbus it's their live album little feats live album it's unreal it's really unreal all right best way to listen to them sounds good like i've only i've only yeah, ever man. listened to like dixie chicken and like willin and stuff like like they're very right. famous like the most Hey, those, stuff, but those are the classics. I'll man. have to dig. Everyone in. needs to know Willen. Oh yeah, I like the Linderonstad version the best though. Oh yeah, that's uh, okay. Linda, yeah, Linda gets me going. Yeah. I like I like her stuff. Heck yeah, man! How about no, you go I, ahead? And, I would definitely recommend that, delving in. Yeah, you're strumming that guitar. How about going ahead? And yeah, yeah, singing something. Yeah, I could sing something. All right. Um, let's see. May as well do an original song, right? Yes, sir. All right, let's see. Well, I'll do this song. This song, uh, you can hear the guitar all right. Maybe if I angle this thing even better. Yeah, we'll see. This is an original song called On the Line. It's actually about the music industry. Old song crumpled up in the bottom of my 
trash bin But it hurts you just to think that way And look down at what you've done So pack it up and pedal forth To be that setting sun fucking awesome i like that scene. and that one thanks man so that one that one's gonna be coming out um on the ep as well um all these songs i wrote really all these songs that are coming out on the ep it's kind of special for me too is that they're all they all were written in the last year or so pretty much like since the pandemic has happened so it's all pretty fresh stuff I kind of want to, I'd like to try to do that more often when I start releasing music. Cause I mean, we all have songs from like years and years and years ago and it's fun to pull those out of the, of the, uh, you know, your archive and release them, but it's really nice to release a project that all kind of has like a, a grand feeling of like myself in this year. Cause it's been a shit year, you know, yeah, <laughs> man. songs about the, the music industry, you know, this in this last year, I, I was actually offered a, uh, a interesting deal at one point. And this is just like, a, you know, people throw label deals at you all the time. And you, you, you know, when you're a musician starting out, when you first see it, you get stars in your eyes, you get all excited. And then, you know, you look into it and you hire an expensive lawyer and then you find out they're just out to kind of screw you over and you're like, shit. <laughs> so that's kind of what that song came from. <laughs> right on. Not, how long have you been, how long have you been that. in the business? playing music yeah man i mean so like doing it legitly as like i said i started with flash and i started as a bass player and that was like um that was probably around 2014 2015 and you know at that point we were just gigging like crazy you know we were like 20 21 year old dudes in a rock and roll band so we were just like you know 
give us whatever gig you can give us and we just want to party kind of thing you know and that's how it was for years and you know over that time we we honed our craft and it the i think in the moment of us doing that we were just having a good time you know it wasn't like we weren't like at that point being like we're gonna you know hit the road and try to become like you know the next band playing red rocks or this or that or whatever we were just like liked playing music you know liked hanging out having a good time it's the only way to get girls to talk to us <laughs> you know it's like all that kind of stuff just kidding um <laughs> but uh it, that that was um the what when, when i started doing my solo thing it got to the point you know you get like addicted to playing music live almost and that's where i got to you know like we played so much flashbound flood get a residency so every week we would play um at this like grateful dead bar that was in boulder and it was right up on the hill where it was like that's where the college is in boulder and uh it was just crazy you know we did that and around that we'd sometimes have like five gigs a week like for just ever and we'd just be playing hundreds and hundreds of gigs a year and finally it got to the point where we're like okay now we can start to play like bigger theaters we can start to do that stuff and that's what we did um and in that that's when you start to play less you know you get those bigger gigs they're better paying gigs but there's things like radius clauses and things where they don't want you playing every week for free because then who's going to pay 20 bucks to see you at the theater down the street kind of thing so it, we got to the point where we had to stop playing as much and i honestly hit like a wall i was like depressed because we weren't playing like three four times a week so that's when i kicked my my button gear and i had also a couple people like you know a good buddy of mine, the old keyboard player, Flash Paul, and a, a good friend of mine, Ben, kind of kicked me in the butt and be like, hey, if you want to play music, do it. Like, start your, doing your solo thing. Like, you can play acoustic guitar. You can do all that as well. Like, if you want to get more gigs, just do it. And I was really like, I guess you're right. <laughs> and I actually bought this acoustic guitar that I'm playing. It's Taylor Academy. With the idea of being like, I'm going to buy this guitar. You know, it's five, $600 guitar. And I was like, I'm going to pay it off with solo gigs, just gigging around doing the acoustic thing. And, you know, I was at the place where I, I just went through the process of like becoming a band. So I had the idea, you know, I made a little, you know, EPK and press release and started hitting up every freaking brewery or whatever that would have me. And since then, it's just like snowballed. <laughs> now I'm like trying to keep up with my calendar kind of thing. I'm thankful for it. You know, it's like, I, it's just like you, 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 you get to the point where you realize you can actually, you know, you can pay the bills without being a, uh, a big star. You know, you don't have to be in the limelight or everyone doesn't have to know about me for me to like pick up five gigs a, a week that will pay me, you know, some money. Um, so it's interesting, you know, I've, I've, I've found comfort in trying to make it more of my like gig and my thing. And then I hope that in the process of keep me, keep playing gigs and putting out music that if something happens out of it, I'll be hell, I'll be super happy. I just want to make sure I can eat groceries and pay the bills mainly. <laughs> so it's been, it's been about a better, I say now it's 2021 years fly by goodness, uh, better half of a decade. I've been, I've been picking at some sort of musical career. So I think through the years with Flash, it kind of gave me a little bit of confidence boost and give me like the the um, the uh, skin to do it kind of thing. Was bass so, your first it's been, instrument? It's been a good while. No, actually, guitar was. Well, technically, trumpet was, but I hated the trumpet. <laughs> so guitar was the first instrument that I liked. You know, I like found a guitar in my dad's attic, and I uh, 
in my parents' attic is my sister's old guitar. And I remember I took it down and I played, uh, I figured out how to play in Agata de Vida, just like listening to it, that old Iron Butterfly song. And my dad was like, Jesus, you just learned how to play that song. And he's like, I'm going to go buy a guitar. So I'm thankful as hell. My parents are very supportive of my musical career my whole life. And they got me a guitar when I was in like seventh grade. And up until like I didn't play bass until my buddies and Flash were like, hey, we need a bass player. <laughs> it's like one of those classic bass. You know, it's like oh, a lot of people start playing bass. I love playing the bass, man. It's there's something about it, something about carrying the band and playing only what you need to and really kind of just being a part of that. Uh, the the five finger hand that I really dig the bass and just the difference of it. And because it's a whole hell of a difference being a bass player in a band and then trying to lead a lead a band, you know, it's it's a it's a big difference but i love doing both that's for sure but uh guitar is the first bass i i got real into bass i i when i first started playing with flash i actually started taking lessons from uh this local bass master edwin hurritz who he's like known because he used to give lessons to mike gordon of fish and keith mosley of string cheese incident and all these like heavy hitting bass players so Luckily, I got to get a theory lessons from him for a good while that helped me learn music theory. And that's how I actually learned music theory, which was pretty cool. Hell yeah. But yeah, guitar, it's back and forth now. Right on. When did you record the, uh, is it an EP or an LP? Um, so it's an EP. Um, it's five songs. Um, I, I started recording it in my... Uh, in my room when COVID hit, I, I was lucky enough to buy all this recording equipment before COVID hit. I was just like bored. And I was like, I want to start recording at home. And of course, coronavirus happened out of nowhere and everyone had the same idea. So I was like, nice, I already got my stuff. Um, and I started just recording all, it was pretty much just a way of me to get my songs out of my head and onto like something so I could like have them. So they're like my demo tapes. And I had, I still have, I have like 12 of them demoed out and that's not all of my songs but um i ended up taking five of them into the studio and then just pretty much working on them from my demos up and i you know invited there's a lot of pretty awesome players who came in but it all started it was, it was summer it was last summer when i was in the studio doing it um but i'm super thankful i got bill mckay is uh playing on a lot of it he's like a hero of mine he's playing uh organ wurlitzer and some roads and stuff he was uh he was actually in like, if you're familiar with Leftover Salmon, he's one of the original uh, pianists for Leftover Salmon. And he's also one of the original pianists for Derek Trucks Band. So he's like an unreal player. He came in and just totally blew me away. I was left with my jaw on the floor, you know, and it was it was really, really crazy. And uh, there's a lot of other really cool people. This next song that I got coming out on the 19th, uh, Portal My Glass is Full. It also has this professor of... Uh, improvisational jazz I, I always mess up his name but um it's um john gunther and he's from cu he's like this insane saxophone player and i actually got him to be on the song that i'm releasing tomorrow so he, it there's there's definitely some pretty big time like colorado musicians on it which i'm super thankful that they even you know came in and did it for me i'm i'm very very thankful hell yeah but, uh, man that's cool yeah um I'll have to get yeah. my ass in gear here this afternoon and get this podcast like released today so it makes sense. 
I know. If you can, or else I'll just keep saying this song is probably gonna be out by now. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I'll, Either way, it'll be out by the time I bet tons of people listen. But I'll definitely get her out this yeah. afternoon. This is an easy conversation. Oh, well, you, hell yeah! I can, dude. You're the man. I Fuck appreciate yeah. that, Willie. Um, could you tell me a little bit about like how you like fell in love with music? Like your what music is to you like um when you started playing you said you were like in seventh grade or something you got a guitar but um tell me what got you into really loving music yeah and you know i 100 percent just start off by thanking my mom and dad they just they are you know they may not play instruments themselves but they are some of the biggest music lovers ever I, as soon as as far back as I can remember, I was listening to um, Van Morrison was one of my first early ones, Van Morrison and like some lots of the old school, the band and stuff like that. Like they really got me listening and intrigued early. Um, honestly, it's wild too. like as far back as I could remember, literally, I've like fantasized of being a musician, like even when I before I got my guitar in middle school, I like I just want, like, I dreamt of that life. And this is like, you know, a young kid want to be like Led Zeppelin kind of dreams. You know what I mean? So that definitely had a big part of me. Like, as soon as I got the guitar, you know, I was, I got real into it. I was the kid at school who just like, liked to play guitar. And I was like the hippie kid, you know? Um, but for me, and just like for it is for anybody, it's, it's truly like my meditation. It's what gets me through my life is my music. You know, I, I, I'm not doing it to earn, a huge bill or trying to like make it big i truly play this music because it keeps me sane and like it's it's all i really know how to do and um so it's 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 something where i always tell people people ask like because in in the music industry it's really about just staying in it for the long run too for a lot of music i've met people who have you know there's all these bands and it's like the classic like iceberg analogy where you know they they get famous and people are like what this dude just came out of nowhere he just like overnight fame blah 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 it's like no this dude's been doing it for like 10 15 years like working his ass off and you just hearing about now it's like you're seeing the tip of the iceberg out of the water um so i always try to keep that in mind i always try to just have as much fun and and like the love for it that has to be like so big for me or else it's just not worth it you know i mean so a big part of the music and everything is just like it's the love for it. Like I, I, you know, I think that it's also given me kind of like a hope for myself as like a writer. I always have wanted to get some of my songs out there. And um, it's like the classic musician thing. It's like, it's like, there's so much self doubt. There's so much, it's like any kind of artist thing. Once I, once you're creating your own original music and putting it out there, you just get filled with like anxiety and self doubt. And I'm thankful for music giving me a little more of confidence under my step of being like, you know what, that's like just your head kind of playing games with you and, you know, don't let it. So, um, God, like music has really like crafted me to be who I am. And like, I, I, I am happy that I have a platform where I can do it at the rate I'm doing it. And like, I'm just going to keep on doing it that rate. <laughs> and, um, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, more people can hear my songs and more people dig the songs and that I can start to get out there and start to play around more, you know, and just hang out with people and play my songs for people. Cause that's, that's my love for the music is seeing people smile after they sing a song or seeing someone come up to you and be like, 
wow, like that one part of your song, like that, I could totally connect and relate with that feeling. Cause that's like music for all of us. It's like, it's, it's this like universal language that we can all kind of relate with, you know? So that's, that's, that's my best way of saying it. I'd say. Hell yeah. Um, how much have, how extensively have you toured with flash? Like just kind of through the state or regionally or what kind of, yeah. You know, we, we, we did a lot, mainly it was through the state of Colorado flash mountain flood. We had a couple stints out of state where we, we had one tour. We went out to Minneapolis. Um, we had a, we've had a couple little stints like that. It's just, um, we, we were honestly on track to getting more like doing more tours out towards the West and stuff like that before COVID happened. COVID definitely, uh, threw a wrench in a lot of flash mountain floods plans, unfortunately for touring and playing and stuff like that. But man, we played all over Colorado. We've had some crazy gigs, man. One of the most memorable is we got, got hired for this wedding that was in Costa Rica, actually probably about three years ago. And these people like flew us out to Costa Rica, um, all expenses paid. And, um, they were like some super radical people. We ended up like working it out where we like, we switched up our tickets so we could stay longer than we met. And, um, we ended up like getting to this hostel and this is the middle of Costa Rica, you know, and I'm trying to find a place for like, you know, jam band dudes to like stay for an extra six days in Costa Rica. And we find this hostel and, um, <laughs> this guy comes up to me and he's this Ukrainian guy and he goes, you guys are playing here tonight. Right. And I was like, oh, oh, like we actually just did this wedding the other day. I don't think we're playing. I mean, I wasn't planning on it. He was like, no, no um the other band canceled and we need a band for the next three days and i was like okay and he's like we'll let you stay here for free and i was like all right next thing you know we're like playing at this little hostel for a little three-day thing and this is middle uh of uh, costa rica where people are used to hearing flamenco stuff and stuff like that and then we're like a we we're like a jam band from colorado playing john prine tunes out there and it was like it was a hoot so we've in flashbound flood we've gotten we've we've gone to some crazy places through just being flashbound flood. People have hired us to do some cool things kind of like out state um, where it'll be little stints like that. But honestly, sadly, we never really did some full on like out of state tours. It was all really kind of more regional and that's kind of where we are. We're like the Colorado, like rock and roll band. I like to, that's like the way I like to think of us, you know, or people call us for like opening slots and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So what's the scene like my plan is to what's that the scene in Colorado? Yeah. What's, what's the scene like out there? It's interesting, man. It's a, it's a huge melting pot. I would say, especially in Denver. Um, There's a, there's a big, there's a lot of everything. I mean, there's a big jam band scene. Like that's a big thing out around here is like the whole jam band scene, but I feel like it's a lot more, um, catered to like the new age sound of jam band if that makes any sense like more like kind of like string cheese instant synthesizer you know like trancey kind of feels and stuff like that um but then there's also a lot of country music out there. there's a lot of bluegrass colorado's got a, a really awesome bluegrass scene. i mean we got the telluride bluegrass festival we got rocky grass growing up that was like honestly like when i got to the point where we were going to see like shows as younger kids and stuff like that 
bluegrass was like the thing because like around here too, yonder mountain string band when i was growing up they're like netherland colorado is like you know 40 minutes up the road from uh boulder and um yonder mountain string band came out of netherland and they you know for years and years jeff austin yonder mountain they're like the freaking like I, they're insane just those shows were so rowdy so fun like that was a big part of the colorado scene for me growing up was like the bluegrass scene which is funny because like i i love bluegrass like i my my joke is that i'm not a bluegrass player because i just suck at playing that fast but i really do love playing bluegrass and I, that's also a big part of my influence um but i'd say that the scene kind of is a huge melting pot because you can find there's like when you go into denver there's country music there's djs there's like rap it's like it's insane it really is it's it's kind of cool <laughs> but I, I recently moved out to denver i i i i born and raised in boulder colorado which is a little more tucked into the mountains a little little less of a city kind of feel so this is like the first year that i've been living closer to the city um, mainly just so i can try to get some more gigs and stuff like that and try to kind of break into a different little area so i'm doing it but it's honestly a really cool scene everyone's like very it's a very awesome community of people everyone's looks out for each other it's that you rarely feel that like competitive like i mean i think it's always good to have some like healthy competition but you never want to be like i hate you because you're playing the same music as me for some reason i hate that you know it's like i never wanted to have that feeling and I, i'm happy around here because it is a really awesome community of people and it's yeah. a different yeah i mean for the i feel like for the country scene a lot of people don't think about like denver um as much like there's not a there's not like a crazy amount of uh denver musicians in the country scene out here you know but there's a few i mean there's like extra gold and casey james presswood and people like that playing around denver scene keeping it keeping it somewhat relevant you know everyone yeah, needs sure. it <laughs> hell yeah man um let me see here i just blanked i i had something to say i was fucking just lost her <laughs> sorry man <laughs> That's all um, good. That happens to me all the time. Yeah. That happens to me um, day in, day out. I forget what I was going to say. Could you go ahead and maybe sing me another song and I remember what I was going to say? Heck yeah. How about we do that? All I was right. going to lead on to another one, of my another one of my projects that I've been working on is uh, a John Prine kind of tribute. Yeah. So, you were telling um, me that. I'm that sounds fucking I, I, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I have a, I have a whole lot of uh, John Prine songs recorded up, and I did all of these at home, and they're all with more friends and just people around when COVID hit. We all just kind of collaborated via our own little home studios, and we put together this whole John Prine uh, tribute. So, yeah, I'll play some John Prine for you. All so right. Which song should I play? I'll think. Okay. Let's see, I'll make sure I have one that I know right. Yeah, station was empty, the trains were all gone. I reached in my pocket and waited for dawn. The clock played the drums. And I hummed sex, the wind whistled down The railroad tracks will hit three, four quarters 
plans tomorrow by Rocky Mountain Yeah, I walked in the restaurant for something to do The waitress yelled at me and so did the food Yeah, water tastes funny when you're far from your home But it's a hungry they thirst wrong and the clock played the drums and I hummed the sax and the whistle down the railroad tracks yeah three for a quarter and one for a dime I bet it's tomorrow by Rocky Mountain yeah we'll build us a castle on We'll pretend that we're down on the farm When we'll hold out as long as we have to Then we'll twist off each other's arms Well, Christ, I'm so mixed up and lonely Can't even make friends of my brain well, I'm too young to be where I'm going Well, I'm too old to go back again Well, the station was empty The trains were all gone I reached in my pocket And waited for dawn The clock played the drums and I hummed the sax in the wind whistled down The railroad tracks will have three for a quarter One for a dime I bet it's tomorrow by Rocky Mountain time Hey, I bet it's tomorrow by Rocky Mountain time Hey, I bet it's tomorrow by Rocky Mountain Oh man, classic right. tune, classic record. <laughs> Hell yeah! Thank you. I love that yeah, song. Yeah, right. Diamonds in the rough, man. For That's sure. one of my favorites. Um, what's your plans yeah, it's a good with one. that? I figured it'd be appropriate for us because. You... Oh no, go on. With the prying stuff. Oh, I just said I figured it'd be appropriate for us because I think you're in the Rocky Mountain time zone, right? Oh yeah right <laughs> for sure oh yeah um so yeah my plan with the whole prying thing it's it it all it all kind of got uh blew up in the air a little bit when i started working on my ep because i actually started working on the prime thing first um but i'm just trying to release the songs as quickly as i can i actually kind of soft released the first one it's uh in spite of ourselves um i did that with my, my old uh childhood friend nancy ross and um, it was really cool it came out really well um and I just released that one to kind of like, I, I made an animation and a YouTube video and it's on, it should be on um, SoundCloud and Bandcamp, but 
I, my plan is to kind of slowly start to release them. I even, the funny thing is I have album art for it. I haven't even like finished the project yet, which is just like, it's just a silly thing. But um, my plan is to have a couple more get released on the anniversary of his passing, which is coming up. Um, it was in April. I forget the exact date of that. Um, but those are all done by me. Um, it's all recorded in my home, mixed and mastered by me all just through my, my crappy equipment so but you know it's like these days luckily that vintage tone that old school kind of scratchy feel it uh, it lends well to that kind of feel um so it's the plan is for it to kind of come out in a little bit of clumps maybe like releases of two or three songs at a time i think i'm going to try to release um another three on the anniversary of his passing i have like it's stupid man i have like 16 of them like recorded and like in somewhat form ready or not um i just 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 like planning the right way to properly release them it's just it's just a tip tip of the hat to mr prime like if he was in my last like three four years just like as a songwriting influence and just as like everything getting through life like i've i've listened to more john prime than anything and honestly that passing when that happened at the beginning of covid it rocked me pretty hard you know it was it was uh it was a huge bummer. So I, I immediately started working on that because he's he's one of my biggest inspirations. And it's kind of cool. Flash Mountain Flood covers a lot of John Prine. And um, we do we do it in our own way. It's kind of way more rock and roll. But um, we've always been paying homage to John Prine. So it was, a, it was a hard, hard thing to see him pass. But this is kind of my way of being like, you know, thank you, John. <laughs> For sure. So, He's uh yeah, it's like I wish I could do more. Did you ever get to see him? You know, sadly, it's insane. Most people would be ashamed of me for saying this. And I I sadly never got to see him. And it breaks my heart, it really does. I uh I had chances to see him also, you know. But honestly, being a musician sucks because you get you, you miss a lot of shows coming in. You got your own shows that you gotta play at some dingy bar. Meanwhile, your hero's playing at Red Rocks and you're like, fuck yeah so sadly no i never saw john prine <laughs> yeah man me neither i had one yeah. chance and uh it was at some music but... festival a couple years ago and he ended up canceling it's like his health went and yeah he ended up canceling so never did get to see him the one chance i had but yeah. man oh man he's he's a artist who comes uh, up in the conversation yeah. a lot <laughs> Oh man, I mean he's the artist artist, I like to say. He's the songwriter songwriter, you know. He uh it's like that simple kind of music where he's not writing about changing the world. He's not writing about you know, it's not protest songs. It's about any day stuff that anybody could relate with. You know, we've all gone through those feelings and those emotions. We just didn't know how to put them on a piece of paper as eloquently as he did. <laughs> yeah. Trying to figure it out. That's for sure. <laughs> But if love stinks i mean a lot of people can kind of see where i got a lot of my influence from him and the songwriting of that song um just trying to make it kind of like a goofy fun song the idea of the song you know when you read the title of it if love stinks you might think it's like a sad song but the 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 way it rings out is if love stinks it gets stinky you know so that's i, I take a lot of homage of my or a lot of uh kind of like goofiness and writing i think it's it's important for like the style that i'm doing for yeah. sure um 
what's your songwriting process like do you sit down and one go bang out a song or is it days or weeks or what what kind of how do you go about it you know it's interesting it, it bounces it varies um i'm never one who's like okay five o'clock on monday i'm freaking writing a song kind of thing like that was never me like it all starts the same way it all starts with like a little like you know i'm the kind of guy who has like a million voice memos that are just like me going <laughs> you know like humming a melody or something like that and then i go home and i try to make something out of it but it all kind of starts from a spark of like a melody of a vocal or like even a few words interesting enough and then i try to put like guitar behind it um i try to really i really try to hone in on the hank williams way where he always said if you can't write a song in 10 minutes then you shouldn't write it <laughs> and i i think that that's i think I, I wouldn't say that to that exact extent but i don't think it's healthy to like sit and and just to be like, you know, like grinding your head, trying to write songs like it's, it should never be forced. You know, I've had moments where I have dry spells of writing where you might get concerned because you haven't written a song in a while and this or that. But then I have days where I write like three in a day. You know what I mean? So it's like it all it all, I think, kind of flows out easiest. So I try to let it come to me more than like sitting down and writing a novel kind of thing like that. And then, yeah, the cool, funny thing is, is these two, the two first singles that I'm releasing. So if love stinks and pour it till my glass is full, I actually wrote both of those on the same night in the summertime. And I was just like hanging out, just like kind of drunk, <laughs> literally like if love stinks, the first, the first lyrics of that song are like quite literal because the first lyrics are ain't no salt in the kitchen, angry neighbor at the door. I was really like drunk at my house and I was trying to make some food or something like that. I couldn't find any salt and like, some neighbors complaining that we had a bunch of shit in our front lawn because we probably did. But um, so, you know, it's just like you, you can find inspiration for songs literally all around us, you know, <laughs> quite literally. So yeah, I man. try to let it hit me in the face. <laughs> for sure. What's your, what's yeah. the uh, single release show um all about tomorrow night like how what's the venue like and uh what's what's yeah. the deal with that yeah that's yeah i'm excited i'm super excited we actually sold it out um yesterday which is exciting or a couple days ago we sold out which is a nice feeling not having to worry about that um it's it's oscar blues uh black buzzard which some people might recognize the name oscar blues because they're they're more like national um, when they distribute their beer out, but they're a local brewery out of Colorado that's gotten pretty big over the years. They have like locations all over the place. Um, and it's a, yeah, it's just downtown Denver. It's this really cool kind of like, uh, it's a venue underneath this restaurant and it's got a stage and everything. It's going to be uh, socially distant and all that still. So people are going to be a, uh, um, distance by like their tables six foot they'll be able to stand and dance but i'm really excited it's gonna be the full band which is uh we've done a few of these so far and they're just it's like it's insane how much of a hoot it is um and i'm so thankful you know being a bass player i'm always the guy that people are hitting up and they're like here's 30 songs to learn by you know friday and it's like shit okay and uh usually it always goes well um but it's this is the first this is one of the, uh it's new to me to just be throwing a whole list of songs at people and kind of like hoping everything goes well and it does you know it's like if you put your trust in the right people it all will work out i would say so yeah i got an awesome cast of players it's gonna be me and um 
me on guitar, I got a bassist, I got a mandolin player, a fiddle player, and then someone who's going to be playing like kind of honky tonk piano and Wurlitzer organ. So it'll be a, it'll be a full band sound for sure. And a drummer, of course. So um, I'm trying to actually uh, trying to get more footage of this kind of stuff. The fun thing is I'm also releasing a music video for um, pour it till my glass is full. That's coming out. And uh, it's going to, the music video is coming a little couple weeks behind sadly we we, uh, we had to push it off because colorado just got destroyed by snow um the last couple of days and of course those were the days i was uh, going to film um but uh it's gonna a music video is gonna come out with some more like kind of live footage of the full band which is really cool and uh it's gonna be coming out in partnered with uh, boulder beer company which is um, the biggest uh, brewery out of Boulder, Colorado. And they also, you know, they send their beer all over the States and stuff like Buffalo gold and stuff like that. So I'm partnering up with them for the music video, which is really exciting. And um, we're going to be putting that out in the next week or two, I think. So hopefully there'll be some more live footage of the full band coming out as well. Hell yeah. Nothing wrong with partnering up with a beer company to do a music video. That's all right. <laughs> yeah right they literally <laughs> just gave us a shit ton of beer for the music video i was like all right yeah let's do it you know hell yeah let's can't go wrong <laughs> but they're great they're great i've grown up in boulder i uh you know they're they're literally the first brewery in boulder um hence the boulder beer company so it's uh it's good to partner up with my hometown uh your company <laughs> for sure um i love the instrumentation on that yeah. on your uh what you said for the for the band for the show tomorrow like just listing off all the yeah all the players that fucking that sounds good <laughs> sounds really good yeah <laughs> thanks man yeah all i need is a pedal steel up there which i was i was gonna have but some things kind of slipped up so the next, the only missing piece is the pedal steel, really. And they're tough to get your hands <laughs> on. Like, work. there's not that yep, many really pedal are. steel players out there. It's a freaking hard instrument to play, that's for sure. I mean, I've tried. <laughs> yeah. I did not succeed. I had an old roommate who had a pedal and uh or a pedal steel guitar and man that thing is just insane you really have to be an octopus to play one of those things really <laughs> yeah it blows my mind how a guy can be hitting three or four pedals and using their knees and playing like 12 strings <laughs> up here it's like it's crazy it's magic i don't get it's it. it's insane it it takes another level of uh instrumentation i would say for people to be able to play that <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah um yeah but yeah i uh you mentioned that you're gonna have a mandolin player um fuck everything that has mandolin in it is good music so that's fucking awesome is there mandolin on your record <laughs> um you know interest interestingly enough not yet um i actually have an idea to put some mandolin work on one of my songs it's like just feels like it needs a little something but, you know, interestingly enough, there's not. Um, I personally, playing live, I love playing with a mandolin player. They have that kind of, like, chuck that, like, you know, it's a percussive instrument. People wouldn't think of it that way, but it really is. And um, so 
it's 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 also my birthday party tomorrow too so it's a big old we have like a couple mandolin players who are actually going to come sit in on all of it so it's it's in the end going to be a big old party but my buddy who's sitting in on for the the main show patty storn he plays in this band called liver down the river great band name um oh, and yeah. he is just like a rock and roller mandolin player <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm like i always have a blast playing with him and um but also a big uh part of the Derek Dames Olin friends band is uh Andrew Cooney my really good buddy he plays bass and he pretty much helps me with a lot of my stuff he plays in this awesome awesome band that you should check out called 10th Mountain Division and uh they actually they tour all over the country like you'll you'll be seeing them on uh festival lineups without a doubt um 10th Mountain Division they they help me out with a lot of my solo stuff so I'm actually gonna have a couple of them sitting in on the show and then yeah andrew cooney he's like he helps me out with pretty much all my solo stuff he makes me sound a lot better oh yeah <laughs> but yeah um it's gonna be a big old family affair tomorrow that's for sure <laughs> nice what's the uh what's the venue size like um or i guess what's the capacity it's tiny man um everything's getting raised a little bit out here in colorado we're i feel like we're one of the states that are uh, a little more like trying to be responsible about getting back to normal but uh so it's small it's it, it's a really small it's not like i shouldn't say tiny tiny but i mean i'm pretty sure the capacity was like 60 75 people um split up by tables so it's a real intimate little venue which i'm excited for that'd be a good time anyway probably um, the, tons I'm of excited friends and stuff. I, oh yeah um that and it's also like um so i'm i'm starting my it's a three-night run this weekend so every thursday oh can you hear me still my my things are being weird i oh, i can, can you hear, me? hear you Okay, cool. I just cut off myself a little bit. It's just my my headphone wire. There we go. Um, so I, every Thursday out in Denver, I have a residency at this local brew, uh, bar. So I'm playing there later today. I got the uh, birthday show tomorrow. And then I'm, I'm also playing at this really cool venue on Saturday called Number 38 in Colorado, which I just found out. I had no idea, but Paul Kauflin is playing there um tomorrow i was like shit i really wanted to go to that but i'll be playing my birthday show <laughs> oh that's just like you said yeah, you miss it, all the shows because you're playing literally <laughs> i've been that is literally the truth i've been wanting to see paul calvin and he hasn't come through since um i've heard of him and uh of course it's on my birthday show but he, i'll be playing at the same venue he's playing tomorrow on saturday which is exciting so i have a three-day weekend or three-day uh uh run set up for the birthday which will be nice hell yeah that's awesome um have you been able to get out and play at all since things have kind of been opening up or has it been pretty much nothing since last spring you know i uh well it was like in summertime we had that little bit of the eye of the storm i like to say of coronavirus especially in colorado like with the nice weather and everything and patios and i started getting a good bit of gigs back um i also started doing this thing i came back i, I went to visit my family for a while they live in durango colorado and i came back to the front range and um i kind of put out this message on my social medias that was like hey i miss playing music anybody who wants some live music 
um, just on their front lawn, hit me up and I'll literally just show up and play like for 30 minutes. I was like, you don't need to pay me unless you really want to, or give me some beer, give me some food, whatever. Um, and I was doing that and it was crazy. I'd made that post and literally for like two weeks, I was just like slammed going from house to house around uh, Boulder mainly, um, playing on people's front, front porches and stuff. And what was cool after that, they, um, this company reached out to me and they literally started a company that was like pretty much exactly that it's called curbside concerts. And they hit me up and they're like, Hey, we started this company and it's pretty much like exactly what you are doing or have been doing for the last couple of weeks. And we were wondering if you wanted to be like a part of the uh, launching of our company and all that. And I was like, heck yeah, amazing. And so they launched and I was like kind of on the launching um, artist list of that. And I got a bunch of gigs from that. So it was a lot of like, like this diy feel for gigging over the summer and the eye of the storm of covid that i got and it was kind of perfect for busking so i did a good bit of a uh, busking over the last summer as well where you put a tip jar out you actually made pretty good money um if you did it on the right days and you play the right songs i guess but um so throughout summer we had that we had a little bit of them come back, but then of course winter came and all got the carpet, the rug got swept from underneath us. And uh, it was back to uh, the studio. I like to say, and I got back to working there, but um, things have been coming back and I'm super thankful that I've been plucking away at this in the front range that people have reached out to me being like, Hey, we're having live music again. We'd love to have you. So I've, I've had a pretty busy schedule the last few weeks and I got a pretty busy schedule going into the summertime. So I'm, I'm like, you know, smiling cheek to cheek for that reason. And I'm like, so thankful to have gigs back. And like I said, I, I, I play every week in Denver for anyone who lives in Denver. I play at this place called goose town tavern. And for me just to have a residency again, that's like huge, like residencies, I think are very important for um, musicians, whether it's uh, just crafting, making sure they're um, staying on top of things musically or whether it's, you know, um, just getting more money in their pocket or staying busy. So I'm thankful I have a residency again. I think it's going to be a pretty dang busy summer. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh man, that's good. Um, what are your goals with your solo project compared to uh, like leaving a band as like a bass player and a member of a band going into a solo project under your own name? What do you see your goals right. being from that? Um, you know, and it's almost like it's interesting because like Flash Mountain Flood is still very much a thing. We're still doing those gigs and we're still going to be doing that. It's almost like for me, just more irons in the fire. Um, you know, uh, I, I want to be able to get out there and do some like solo tours, you know, if, if I want to like be able to like kind of go out to like more of the West coast, I want to get out to Europe. I, I really like the solo show for the solo gigs for me and the whole solo project was so that I can kind of, for one, have more irons in the fire and just to kind of like tickle that um fancy of playing the music that i really like playing of the american roots music so it's it's gonna be a little bit of both you know like through the years flash mount flood hasn't been a huge touring band even though we are like a colorado jam band but i always do get itches to kind of get out there and tour a little bit so i think i you know that's the goal is to like do some more touring as a solo thing and then you know I, the once we get the right um opportunity flash wants to do it as well so it's it's 
it's going to be from it's going to be interesting it's a little bit of both things um that will be coming from the future i i look forward to keep working on all the flash albums and all that's to come from there it's just been interesting just since covid for a five-piece band like flash mountain flood we really haven't had anything to work with yeah i mean we we weren't working on a, a record project at the moment before covid so being a band without gigs and coming into a like pandemic, it put us in a little bit of spot. So I'm excited for it to open up. We actually got some awesome flash mountain flood gigs that are going to be coming up as well. Um, get to play some like bigger theaters and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to that as well. There's, I think there's going to be a lot of fun things coming from both this summer. So it's going to be a busy one for me, which I like keeps me sane. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, you can, you can listen to, you can keep up with both. There's going to be a Flash Mountain Flood single and um, I think another EP or LP coming out next year. So there's going to be a lot of stuff coming. I mean, we between all of us at Flash, we have like probably like three albums worth of songs to release. We just have to do it, <laughs> get the money to do it. So what's so, yeah, the process? I've always wondered, never actually had the chance to ask anybody. Um, putting out cover songs like how difficult is it to get licensing and like actually release somebody else's music? You know, it's actually really easy now because of I'm spacing right now. I'm having a total brain fart. There's like one website or app or whatever you want to call it. that Like literally like gets you that like licensing or whatever. And it's actually really easy. Thanks to this. Why God, they should, maybe if they'd sponsor me, I'd remember their name and I could be their little sponsor boy. <laughs> but I forget uh, exactly what they're called. But it's literally, I, I've been looking into it because of the John Prine thing. And uh, it's actually really easy. Ah, I wish I could remember what that thing is called. I'm sure a lot of people know it. It's, it's some website where they, it's, it's almost like any of those um, distribution companies where they'll kind of make it so you're all legal on that front. And you have the right stuff to post on your YouTube video and everything. So you don't get sued by Tom Petty's estate or something like that. You know, <laughs> that's the last thing you want to happen. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's actually pretty easy. Huh. That's good to know. I've yeah. always wondered. Yeah. Um, what do you figure about... You're still holding that guitar, so can I coax another one out of you? Yeah, you could for sure. Let me see. What should, I mean, I guess it'd be smart for me to play the single that's releasing. Um, this one's pour it till my glass is full, so I'll do that one. Um this is a beer drinking honky tonkin uh good time having songs so if you're at the right uh time period for cracking one feel free to crack one i don't have one handy but that's uh it's five o'clock somewhere right Then you'll see it 
picking up what you haven't put down, raising smiles, having frowns. Slots with one and then you see that you can get with love and you can get it for free. And I don't know what I've been told. Better grow wise before you get old. One day you'll be tall like a tree, just dancing with the birds and singing with the breeze. Won't you pour it till my glass is full too? Living off popcorn, selling my lies One day I thought that I'd be a star But I gave that up and now here we are Won't you pour it till my glass is for two Yeah, I think it's true that I might need you Yeah, well I could drink all night with you So come on girl, let's go have a few I said go Dress, won't you grab my wingtip shoe? All right, there's that new one for y'all. Oh man, that's awesome! I can't <laughs> wait. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Thanks, man. That's what I like to call Bob Dylan esque kind of song. Bob Dylan, Blaze Foley kind of vibes. That's where I. That's where I pulled it out of. Uh, but yeah, it's called Pour It Till My Glass Is Full. Man, oh man. Um, what's Wrote the instrumentation song. look like on that single? Yeah, the single is really exciting, man. It's 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 a freaking, it's packed full. So I'm, I'm playing guitar and bass and I'm singing on the album. And I got a couple harmonies. I got um, Bill McKay, which I was saying that leftover salmon uh, pianist. He's going to be doing the uh, Wurlitzer kind of feel. And then we have actually um, an old friend's father played on on top of it playing pedal steel. So there is some pedal steel on the album, which is really exciting on this song. And um, and then it's just drums. And oh, how could I forget? Professor John Gunther saxophone. So in that song, when it gets released tomorrow, there's a whole solo part where it's like a dueling organ and saxophone intense solo like craziness and john gunther he is wild man like i've never had a studio experience where this dude just walks in he's only in there for like 30 minutes probably like i mean he's never heard my song never heard anything he came in for 30 minutes like dropped two takes that were both like unbelievable all of us that were in there were just like looking at each other like holy shit like what just happened and he's just you know super nice respectful guy um he's like Oh man, he he came in and he just blasted that song. He made it sound really cool. So yeah, this is like the most rocking one I'd say off my EP. Um, I, someone said that uh, someone helped me kind of plan out which songs I should release in order, you know. And if Love Stinks is like catchy one, this one's like the rocking one. 
and then all the other ones are sad but hey that's how singer songwriters go right <laughs> hell yeah sad man. ones are good too i like i like <laughs> these first two singles like i loved if love stinks i fucking fell in love with that song immediately and this one you just played Thanks, me man. that was awesome i mean that's like you Thanks, good dude. songwriter man i like it but personally Thanks, i'm a really, sad really song guy so i mean if i like those <laughs> yeah, first two right, then everything else is gonna be awesome i can't wait it's good stuff yeah hey well that's awesome i appreciate that man I, that really means a lot and uh like i said that's why i do it i like get my lyrics out there they're nothing crazy i'm not trying to change the world i'm just trying to relate with everyday people and put smiles on faces you know <laughs> yeah man yeah um you brought up blaze foley as a kind of influence on that yeah. song um what um if you had to name me a blaze song could you do that that's like your favorite to play a blaze song no, if, well or if you wanted you if you wanted song. to i wouldn't say no but i mean if you could name one that's <laughs> like your top one um would you be able to My do that all time hmm man Gosh, I love Blaze Foley like so, so much. It almost as equal as John Prine. And I discovered Blaze through John Prine because of John's covering of uh, Clay Pigeons. And I was like, wow, if John Prine's covering this guy's songs, he must be a pretty freaking good songwriter kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, gosh, one of my favorite, my I, and this is just because I, I never thought it'd be like my favorite play song, but it just happened to be the one that's like on repeat for me, but it's no goodwill stores in Waikiki. Have you ever heard that one? Yeah, I have. It's like, it's a hilarious song. Yeah. That's like one. I'd say it's that. And then of course, like his classic, uh, the big cheeseburgers and good French fries. I play that one all the time. That's like a, a good, like happy time, like good feeling song. And it's funny too. Cause I, you know, I grew up in Colorado you know, I don't know if there's a bunch of people skiing up where you are. I like grew up skiing. I don't ski as much as I used to. Um, and all my friends are just huge skiers, you know, so I always feel super let out. And then big cheeseburgers and good French fries. He has that one verse. It's like, I don't go skiing because I can't ski. That kind of thing never did bother me and it shouldn't be bothering you. <laughs> I think that's like that just like one of those strange lyrics that, of course, just hit home for me perfectly. Yeah, man. That's actually yeah, the I love first... Blaze, man. I Oh, sorry. Go on. What is that? I was just going to say, that's the first oh, Blaze song I've heard. The big cheeseburgers and good French fries? Yeah. Yeah, that's like good introductory. I also liked Oval Room a lot. I thought that was a pretty cool song. Um, it was an interesting one, you know. Um, God, very so relevant uh, are, for the past, past few years. It's a pretty yeah. relevant song, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was playing that one actually a good bit the last couple of years, um, Oval Room. And actually, I'm pretty sure uh, John Craigie put out a cover of it, which was pretty cool on his last album that came out. Uh, he put out a, a good kind of funkin' version of uh, of Oval Room. But yeah, man, I, I also love Clay Pigeons, just the idea of that song and the name of it and everything. It's great. Um, so I, yeah, I Blaze, I everything that he does i take a lot from his like guitar picking too like i love his guitar playing i think that's a big part of blaze that people don't think about as much but his like drive and rhythmic like thumb picking guitar yeah. playing is just so good like he's so good by himself it's amazing 
but also that album that's like what is it? it's live from the austin uh i forget what the it, it exactly is but it's that live album that he has um where you can kind of sense that there's not a lot of people in that venue and it's just one of those crazy things that you know he passed away not really being the legacy that he is now and um that you can hear him playing these songs that i put on repeat i love these songs he's playing it in some bar where you can hear people in the background talking over him which i think you know anyone who's done the sort of thing that i'm doing knows how that feeling is you know playing in a room full of people who are like eating not really paying attention and i, I just find that so interesting that that's like one of his last albums is that that was this live from austin i forget what the venue is called but yeah, yeah man um that know, did you record, see that movie that came out yeah blaze that record there live at the austin outhouse Dickie. If I'm not mistaken, that was actually not only his last record, but I believe that was his last day. Yeah, that was his last day on Earth. (laughs) Yeah, that's fucking crazy stuff, man. Yeah, the way he passed away was insane. It was it was truly in the way of blaze though i mean that's like i don't think he expected anything else of how his life was gonna end you know yeah. I mean, what a crazy guy he's yeah he's really wild you you just brought up the movie blaze i think i heard there's kind of a leg in the zoom here but... yeah 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 there's a little bit but yeah no i was um i love that movie i uh I'm actually, I, I love Ben Dickey's music. So I, I kind of knew of Ben Dickey before I knew he was doing that movie. And then when he did that, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And he like sang all those songs so well. And I love in the movie, they do that one song, that old, uh, was it Roger Miller's song? Uh, Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest, talking back and forth with the other head to see. Like, I was like, they, they kind of put some extra stuff into the album that, I thought they did a phenomenal job with that whole movie. It was really good, yeah. Yeah, man. I actually have yeah. some of the soundtrack of that with Ben Dickey singing, like, saved, like, onto my playlist just because yeah. they're good. Like, even though he's covering songs, he's doing oh. a great job. Oh. Oh, they're so good. They're they're really, really good. Yeah, I, I've listened to that, that soundtrack of that album for a good bit, too. There's a couple of versions of those songs I like even more just because the instru- instrumentation, everything's really like, it's like well-produced and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But Blaze is the freaking man. Hell yeah. Yeah. I fucking, I love those guys. Those yeah. songwriters, like legendary songwriters who never got famous until they were like dead or nobody really appreciated them until right. afterwards, like fucking Towns Van Zandt and these those yeah, guys like they're big time they're all badass right i mean it's like it's that i mean it's crazy it's the people who did it for the fact that they love the music and i mean they they had a lot of hard things going on i mean it was their it was their um a lot of time it was their crutch getting through a lot of their stuff you know so it's it's wild to think and there's actually this one line from the blaze movie i forget exactly what it is i'll probably butcher it up but he says i'm not trying to become famous i just want to be a legacy or something like that he's like i'm not looking to be famous i just want to people to remember me for years which could be more spot on for what blaze is you know because i mean who knows people seeing him people probably now were like oh my god I remember seeing Blaze back in Austin back in the day at some bar where there was like barely anybody there or something like that, you know, which 
lucky people, you know. That's why I always tell people you got to be in the freaking moment when you're going to see any music, you know, even if it's just some dude sitting at a bar like there's that classic picture of Tyler Childers. I think it's like five, six years ago and he's playing at some restaurant where like no one's looking at it. everyone's like backs turned. He's just playing solo acoustic. And that's fucking Tyler Childers five years ago. You know what I mean? Like you never know who's going to be playing at that little restaurant down the street, you know? So it's, I think it's a good reason to always be uh, getting out there and trying to take advantage of like the, the cheaper and the free music that we can see from like more unknown artists, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. You got to go into a live setting with an open mind and really be willing to listen to this person because you never know how great they actually are if you don't give them a chance in the first place. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, it's your call on if you want to sing me another one or not but um all right it's my call well i'll do another one you kidding me you can't leave it up to me well i figure i may as well uh do some blaze foley for us all right all right would only be appropriate Swimming if it ain't too deep. 
my feet. I know I ain't lazy cause I don't like sleep. I might just be lazy to you. I might just be crazy to you. And it really shouldn't be bothering you. big cheeseburgers for you oh man that's awesome fucking love that team good job thanks you just thanks, you got man. a wealth of tunes up you. there don't you you fucking have tons of them going around in the brain i do have a lot of them up in the head that's uh thanks to doing all these dang solo shows as many of them i can you got to keep it fresh you can't keep playing all the same songs all the time you know yeah absolutely i have a but those ones are time. like my uh those yeah, those, I was just saying that those songs are like some of my all-time, all-time favorites that I've played through this one, Prine and Blaze and everything. Those ones have a hard time leaving the head, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I have the toughest time remembering the lyrics. Like, I can learn a song and, like, play a song um, musically. Like, I could hear a song once and, like, remember the tune and remember the melody and specific notes and different phrases in there but the yeah the words man i can never get the words down <laughs> uh, words are a lot there's a lot of them i think there's like a you know there's arts to memorize them i mean i do everything i can i have like a i have a playlist of songs that i cover that i'll just put on repeat when i'm driving or whatever so i just listen to them over and over again and then they're ingrained but it's like certain people like honestly john and blaze john prine and blaze foley i've just listened to so much of their music that like their songs are just engraved in my brain but it's almost like one of those things where you need to hear the first line and then you have the rest of the song it's like sometimes if i don't hear that first verse or have that first verse written in front of me i'll be like fuck song like, yeah. i forget it completely so it's an interesting thing lyrics sometimes they're just like lodged up there and you don't even know they are and sometimes you have to like have a an ipad in front of you too you know i know a lot of people do it like that too yeah yeah man oh man um i can't really think of any other big topics um to ask you anything important Unless you have something, something um, you want you want to tell or want to say that I missed asking you, but I can't seem to come up with anything like any important questions. I... No, I mean crap, man. Honestly, I feel like we covered a lot of good stuff. I got to cover my EP that's coming out and the Prime thing. There's not too too much beyond that, except for. You know, just keeping up with what's going to come when the summer hits and, you know, that everybody's everybody's concert schedules are going to be going crazy, I think, come June or July. But I just say, you know, give me a follow on my social medias and stuff like that, you know, and keep up with me and I'll be hopefully in your hometown someday soon. Everybody's hometown. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, but I can't think of much else. For sure, man. Well, yeah. um... If that's the case, um, I guess stick around after I end this. But I'm gonna go ahead and say thank you for thank you for your time, and it was wonderful talking to you. Heck yeah! Thanks for singing them songs. Heck yeah! That was really good. And uh, I guess everybody, um, everybody, have to go check out check out your new single. 
and look forward to the yeah. look forward to the EP. Thanks. Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me on, Willie. It's a pleasure to be on the Unreal Country podcast, and uh, I've had a blast listening to him, and it's an honor to be on the fifth episode. I can't wait to hear more of them. And thanks yeah, so much man. for the awesome questions. It was easy to answer. Yeah, man, thanks for the answers. It was a, it was a good talk. Yeah. All right, well, have a have a great day, man. I'll I'll be talking to you yeah, a little you later t- when I get it when I get it put out. All right. Thank you so much, dude. I appreciate you. For sure. Have a great day. Yeah, you too, man.